Hello Cult Hackers, I'm Celine. I'm a media graduate and interested in cults. And I'm Stephen, I'm an organisational psychologist, also interested in cults, um, also used to belong to one. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast everybody. <laughs> welcome podcasties to Celine getting a tea delivery. Look oh, at that, that's, that's, good. Isn't that's it pretty nice? good. Yeah. Brought to you by Science Man of previous podcasts. <laughs> who has said to those in the audience that would like he is welcome to do a q a session (laughs) yeah so if you've got any questions about science um Mm. throw them in it generated quite a lot of interest that one yeah um specific science he isn't just a scientist Mm. though when he was looking for jobs that was a job that the government was advertising just really? scientist scientist mm. yeah i mean now rishi's in we don't want scientists anymore but so he would have been made redundant anyway but um <laughs> it's all about the money now it's all about the economy we've had enough of scientists don't empower those <laughs> fools with them with their knowledge and not their money anyway that's not what the um the subject of our discussion is today is it celine no but i do like to drag the the politicians you like the to day, bring the politics is. in don't you? i do um, i do it's good fun so we, we talked about what we we're going to um, delve into today. So on Cult Hackers, we like to get into the nuts and bolts of how cults work. Obviously, we also interview people who've managed to escape from these high control groups and systems because we think they're cult hackers. They've managed to crack the code. But we've um, we've had some, how should we describe it? Tricky weeks. <laughs> Troubling times. Troubling yeah. times. Mm. We've we've had our own little difficulties, I would say, and um, to be more accurate, it's been uh, pretty awful, really, with the sorts of things that um, these high control groups do. Um, mm. So we've had a, a small taste of that, and I've talked about that. Um, so we're not going to get into that again. No. What we did feel was those, that those that are patreons no more but i think that's as much as we want to go into as yeah as the general gist i don't want to bring the vibe down <laughs> no no and um it's not really about us is it it's about the 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 people that um we talk to so we but we did feel like kind of i don't know a little bit down a little bit sort of overawed with it all so we thought Mm-hmm. let's talk about something let's uh delve into something that is a bit um i guess tangential to the subject of cults but it's it has some relevance and we'll you know we'll make sure we uh we, we demonstrate the tenuous link um hopefully and that is a series of movies yes and but mainly as well it doesn't have to be too tangentially related if you're in the same boat as us feeling a little bit down and out after similar situations maybe this will be a podcast you can listen to with a cup of tea and feel a little bit like a bit a by it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's okay. we're doing it for us um and we're going to pretend it's for you anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so come on enough uh, beating around the old bush what are we what are we discussing today then come on put your cup of tea down well, the Cornetto trilogy, which I didn't mm. know it was called until you and Thomas said about it once. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so the Cornetto trilogy. You tri- said you wanted to talk about it, and here I we did. go. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. So um, the first thing that I was a bit worried about was that whether our international listeners would 
have any idea what these films are about. So, um, oh, definitely, they're big. They're not just big in England. Well, I did. I actually did a poll on Twitter and yeah. asked um, people to let us know whether they'd seen um, the films Shaun of the Dead, yeah, uh, Hot, Hot Fuzz, Fuzz, and The World's End. Both, yes. all three, rather starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Frost, thank you. Um, I've got to say, they, they must be. Here's why I think, before you tell the answers mm. to the quiz, um, the reason I think that people must know about it is that even if they didn't before, like if it was a bit cult classic y and a bit more like in England slash this kind of neck it's of the very woods, a British. It's a very it British is, thing. But I thought, well, with um, the success of Paul and that being mm. a very international success, I could imagine a lot of people have then delved back into, you know, the backlog. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. The the, uh, the the three films that I've just mentioned were all written by Simon Pegg, who obviously stars, but also Edgar Wright, who directs, actually, um, all three. Um, an absolute genius, really, of a director. These are just so well done in every way. Yeah. I don't know if they have the same editor for all of them, but the editing is always done really spot on. And yeah. I imagine that's the kind of editing where the director definitely yeah. had vision and, you know, because it does pull through. So if it's the same editor, it makes sense. If it's different editors, you can even more see the director's hand in it. Oh, absolutely. It, it's got a real style to it. And they all they all kind of talk about some similar themes, but um, obviously in, in different settings um and as as i say there's three of them the the cornetto element is um it's a a sort of iced confectionery in the uk that i'm not sure is is everywhere in the world um so if you've probably got a different name it's an ice cream isn't it it's an ice cream cone that you can get ready made like in the freezer different flavors and anyway they they just sort of use that as a, a silly little um device um it's got nothing to do with ice creams really but the, the the three films then let's um let's talk about them briefly and i do want to i want to talk about the themes around uh there's a lot of social commentary actually on these three films it, of course they are funny first and foremost they are funny the more you watch them the more you laugh um mm-hmm. they're also films that maybe some um as a jehovah's witness uh, i'm not sure i would have watched them there's quite a lot of bad language in them there's some gory I remember telling stuff in you it. before you'd started being very yeah. sweary because yeah. we came from a background of not being very sweary. But before <laughs> yes. I went to go watch the film, you did. and I was like, and I told you because I went to the cinema and World's watched it with End. friends. Yeah, World's mm. End. And mm. I told you, I was like, I don't think you and Mum will like it really. They do say, <laughs> they do say, you know, see you see next you Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Mm. Yeah, so I was like, I don't a know lot. if you'll like it. Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, which is quite funny that me, like, what, 16-year-old comes home and tells her I parents, I don't think you were like that movie with all the swearing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> and now you love it, and it's quite funny. Oh, it's just, I could just watch it again and again. I can watch them all again and again. I think my favourite is Hot Fuzz, which is the second of the That's the my favourite. That's yeah? my favourite. All right, yeah. well, let's kick off with that one then. Mm. Well, Why do you like just it so, so- much? It is so funny. It's just, it's the like isms and the ways of people. I think, I don't know. I think it's like if you've if you've dealt with, de- or if you have done ser- like working in service as well, like as in like 
serving customers and stuff i feel like you find stuff about the ways of people quite funny because you get used to certain people's behaviors so just again it's just yeah you're like oh yeah people are like that people are weird um and also yeah and just uh just the once one actually <laughs> so unfortunately you're gonna have to put up with us repeating lines from the yeah. movie we'll try not to do that too much because i think that will get annoying um so but just I, the I once think... one actually is every is the one that people say <laughs> yeah i think there's um we need to just do a little bit of a uh Uh, but first of all i'm just going to say listen to this um bonum commune communitatis bonum commune communitatis what am i saying Celine? you're chanting you're chanting that's a different film (laughs) that's a different set of movies yeah Yeah, we should definitely do that one as well at some point we should But this is the Latin phrase that they chant. Yeah, they're saying it in their little hoods. That's at right. The, at it the, is a um, cult. Cemetery. It is absolutely a cult, and it's described mm-hmm. it as such. Uh, and we'll explain where that comes from. But the the Latin phrase loosely is translated as "for the greater good of the community." For and they the have this little say. They have this <laughs> saying over and over again, which is "it's for the greater good." And then everybody else in the room repeats it: "the greater good." It's um, thought stopping. It is the a chariots thought. on the moon. It, absolutely, it is a thought stopping cliche that they just throw mm-hmm. in over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the story is that this guy called um, uh, Officer Angel. I forgot his sec- his first yeah. name now. Who he, unfortunately he is, he is not the custodian of a great big bushy beard, but we'll let it go. No, he's he's really good at his job. He's a police officer, and he's so good at his job that the local is he's a member of the London Constabulary. Yeah. They don't like him because he's he's showing them all up. He works too hard and he mm-hmm. makes too many arrests. So they make him a sergeant in um, a place called Gloucestershire, um, Sandford, Gloucestershire, yeah. which is yeah, it's down south. And in the UK, in England, there's a mm-hmm. kind of accent around down so it's, it's kind the of, perfect choice kind of like that it's a bit like hagrid. local yokel hagrid that sort of thing yeah, yeah. that's right that's and where hagrid's this, from <laughs> that's right so think hagrid and they all talk like that and the other thing about it is is it reminds me so much of a place where i spent quite a lot of time on a project working in a uh, a client um and again it was that sort of part of the world. And it just reminds me so much of it and the way that people talk and where they are. It's just, it is just like a warm, cuddly blanket that I can wrap myself in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm back there again. It was, a, it was a really great project. I really enjoyed it. And so that's another sort of weird mm-hmm. thing. But um, but yeah, so he gets sent to this, uh, this small town, mm-hmm. um, typical sort of small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows that he's coming. But it's it's not um, you know it's it's not policed in the same way that he's used to policing things. So he, the first night he's there, he arrests all the kids who are drinking in the pub and they shouldn't mm-hmm. be because they're too young. Um, but it's it's so he, he's not making friends. That the local police force don't like him because he's like this hot shot um, police officer from London. London. <laughs> and they they don't really like him for doing that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot, there's there's a, a continuous um, spate of terrible accidents where people end up dead or missing 
Um, and when they're when they're killed, they're sometimes killed in really horrific ways. I think they're um, always killed in horrific ways. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> but particularly horrific ways. I mean, there is a real um, horrible scene where a, a, a steeple from a church mm. falls down. Um, yeah, and that's, just yeah. basically well impales there was some well we went to go see the york minster and there was actually a steeple that had been removed because it had to be for safety reasons but they had it in like a glass thing um and you could still see it and thomas was like oh it's like in hot fuss and i'm pretty (laughs) sure i did hear someone in the background kind of chortle (laughs) because it is quite Um, funny and it's terrible um the, the guy, the actor there is Adam Buxton, who's actually now mm. one of my favourite podcasters. So a bit of a shout out to his Ooh. podcast, Adam Buxton Podcast. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it's all these horrible murders and terrible things happen, but all the police believe it's just um, just accidents. It's been a terrible accident. It's a terrible accident. <laughs> and he's obviously... Really he's obviously... Mm. Um, he's just being gaslit. Oh, by the way loads of spoilers in this episode so i'm sorry if you they never are watched so it. old if you've not watched it yeah, like you know it's no. your own fault just go yeah. and watch the film and come back mm. um but yeah he's he's beside himself you know how can this be an accident uh, i should say also that this is now an all-star cast it's an old film and so mm. many of these actors have become massive even though well i just presume they already were at day. that point not necessarily yeah. i mean no. um you know you've got um, is it little finger in it uh, got Game of Thrones. No, I don't. I is he don't not? Think he, I think so. he was in something. I don't think no. he's in it. But the no, beast so is in it. The beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, the Game of Thrones, he's in it, and um, he's the one who just says "yarp" all the time. That's um, and you've got. I really like the farm man that just goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he's out there living his life in the real yeah. world. <laughs> No, um, yeah, and uh, he's also yeah, in Harry it's Potter. All, it's an all-star cast. I mean, um, you've got uh, Martin Freeman is in it for a short mm. while. You've got Bill Nye in it. Um, you've got Paddy Considine, who, of course, big big role in the latest Game of Thrones mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, it's just absolute sort of all-star cast, really. And um, uh, what's the name from the uh, the, the the queen the uh, the royal thing on Netflix the crown the crown what's she called that's just come out with the new one I can't Olivia Coleman yeah isn't she's it? in this the um, new Edward series Woodward. has just come out all prepare for everyone to hate on Charles really oh, it's, hard it's it couldn't have happened. been timed better could it oh my <laughs> yes. god <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so lots of great actors in it so it's a great sort of loads of comedy great comedy performances um so yeah the 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 story then is that obviously there's a there's something going on in the background that that they need to find out um there's also this kind of love story as well that goes through it which is kind of really sweet because you've got um this very inexperienced very green police constable um who you know, gets taken under the wing, really, and and helped. So, yeah, there's a kind of love story between... Um, it's just a, a bromance, you know, it's not a sexual love story. He makes a story, friend. But it's, it's a lovely, Neither sweet of them story. have a friend. Yeah, between Nicholas Angel it, and it, Danny Butterman. Really. It's just so nice. Um, 
So that's happening as all of the murders and these terrible things are happening. Um, at the at the nub of it is a neighbourhood watch scheme, which is basically Gone trying to make sure too far. <laughs> that the that the village gets village of the year. The yeah. Village of the, the well, year this award. is this is the funny thing because yeah, it's um. It is funny because also now I live not in a village, but something more akin mm. to than previously. Town, yeah, it's a town, but like vibe-wise, small town. Yeah, and um, <laughs> they, there's always these posters up like best litter picking anywhere else. There's not ever any litter ever, mm. and it's like the things they're proud of. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, but can't get a permit. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, and it just makes it funnier i guess yeah like you said with being working somewhere that was like it and then living somewhere more like it is quite funny because yeah everyone goes on about this town slash little villagey place i live as being like would you like it it's lovely isn't it it's brilliant it's it's so good and it's lovely but it's quite funny after watching hot fuzz yeah this is this sort of pride in your in your village they have this in spades in this um this village called sandford the village that cares is the um is the sign um they certainly uh, care they really do care um so they they're trying to win this award again they they win it every year and they really it really matters to them um and basically it's it turns out the people are being murdered are basically being murdered by the neighborhood watch scheme themselves because they think they they'll are stop them winning the best them winning this yeah. prize. But they, this group has become a cult and they are, you know, they have all the, I suppose, the um, trappings of the a stereotypical model? cult. So, okay, let's analyse, do they fit the bite model then? Um, Behaviour control, yeah, absolutely. If you don't do what you're supposed to do in this village... You're literally murdered with a church steeple. You are literally bumped off, yeah. Um, so, yeah, behaviour control. Um, information control, yes. I mean, if you're not in the know, if you if you don't belong to this cadre of leaders within uh, members of this cult who are essentially the Neighbourhood Watch Scheme, then, yeah, you don't know what's going on and everything is kept from you. So even the other police officers don't, police officers don't realise what's happening. Um, you, you have to... Everybody has to believe in this goal, which is to make... Um, yeah, and you actually get this line, Celine. We're going to make Sanford great again. <laughs> That's absolutely astonishing, That's isn't it? That's marvellous. Yeah. <laughs> See, he, he was never original. <laughs> no. Uh, this film was made in, what, 2006? Seven, something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, when quite, I was just going into secondary school, I was like twelve. <laughs> quite amazing that that came out. Mm. So yeah, um, it, it is this uh, this sort of cultic behaviour, making sure that everybody behaves in the way that they want them to. Anybody that doesn't, they're they're gonna they're gonna be killed. So yeah, that's basically the story. And obviously, Nicholas Angel is there to um, uh, to try and solve it with the help of his friend if you're enjoying the podcast you can support it by becoming a patron you can support the podcast for just one pound or a dollar fifty and receive a variety of patreon benefits as a thank you don't forget to share the podcast follow like subscribe and rate the podcast on the podcast app you're using a review is particularly helpful as it gets us recognised by new listeners. And finally, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us about some court hacking you've been involved in or you just want to say hi, you can do so by going to courthackers.com and using the contact form.
We love hearing from our cool hackers. Thank you for listening and now back to the podcast. Are we going on to the next one or have you got more to say about hot fuzz? No, I think I think we've sort of covered it. Um, we can t- try and tie them in together a little bit because I think they do all talk about the same sorts okay. of issues, actually. Um, then next, the, please. Okay, the next one is the first one. Let's start with let's go. Let's go to the first one from the second one. I don't know why we did it in that order. Because we did our favorite. It doesn't matter what order you do them because you can watch them in any order. Shaun of the Dead is yeah. is the first of the trilogy. Zombies. Um, zombie movie, which is obviously a... I mean, it sounds like it's just going to be a spoof of Dawn of the Dead, which is a film um, that, you know, has been nowhere near as successful of, as Shaun of the Dead. Mm. But it's a, it's a zombie movie, essentially. Again, it's about friendship. It's about zombies. It's about a bit of a loser trying to find his way in life and not really understanding what's going on around him. Um, obviously all of a sudden, I mean, we know that we know the the story with zombie movies, you know, people get bitten and then become zombies mm-hmm. and try to bite other people. Um, and it's basically just that it's like every other zombie movie that you've seen, but with, with laughs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, doesn't sound that easy, but it is, it is done very, very well. But mm-hmm. zombies is a very interesting uh, topic, actually, Celine. And we, we've kind of touched upon this sort of thing before, I think. Um, so zombies in film. I mean, I don't know whether you've got any opinions about this from your, you know, your, your media and film mm. expertise. But what for you, what, what are zombies about in film? What's, what's going on there? Well, I suppose it depends on at what point in time and history mm. they're being written about or um or you know dramatized um I'd say it depends on how broadly as well you want to call it if we just talk about reanimation then it's at different points in time there are different fears um you know it's it's again it's another it is it, an infectious disease kind of thing so they'll sometimes. come up yeah, so sometimes they come up during periods of that kind of mm. um, sort of societal upheaval, and instead of doing it literally about um, a disease, which is not necessarily super fun, they'll do zombies because it's a bit more, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it might also be, you know, as far back as when we're looking at Frankenstein, um, it was about you know man being on this big upturn in technology and science and kind of the fears of that as well with electricity and you know quote unquote playing Mm. god and that Mm. kind of power so you get stories like that as well so i think they're often just that they're metaphorical of different fears of people at the time generally i would say yeah and and doing a bit of uh research about this i mean it's it is really interesting i mean the 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 word zombie um originally without the e on the end is Mm -hmm. a haitian uh word which is based in uh, a voodoo uh belief that that people would be in this kind of um sort of state of limbo if you like Mm -hmm. where they could be reanimated so it kind of Mm -hmm. came from that and and you know um, sad to say, but the early zombie films are are essentially a a reflection of the racism of the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are uh, fears of um, local African um, 
ethnic Africans who in the first place were brought as slaves to Haiti uh, by the French and then occupied in 1915 by the Americans. Um, so yeah, I mean, it has a bit of a bad start really. And then obviously it gets um, used in different ways. And it, it, But I think you're right. It, it kind of reflects certain fears of the day. So mm-hmm. in the, um, do you remember at the, during the lockdown, we joined this, um, yeah, we watched film like the review. first zombie we film. Did. Yeah. Which um was was really interesting. What was it? What was it called? Um Night of the Living Dead. That's it. It's called Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. So we watched that film and then we talked about it afterwards, didn't we? As you do, I suppose, in a mm. film club. Um but yeah, it, it's so I think we did a bit of uh, reading about it then really and mm-hmm. um at the time there was I mean, there's a lot of talk about whether it was a analogy for uh, race um, racism, and because the, the the sort of hero heroic character there was a black actor, um, which for its day was was very unusual. It wasn't, um, you know, normally you wouldn't find that um, any black actors would tend to be just again stereotypes. Yeah. Um, that that were used um but this this character is is kind of the hero but then gets shot at the end by a a white sheriff which um i think a lot of people believed was a metaphor for what was happening in the states the the director though um denied that very strongly he said it was never about that so it's just very interesting it's all but tied definitely up the author that. you know i think we've mm, discussed yeah. this before so if you have yeah. heard it then i don't know press the little skip button twice but um for those that haven't um you know it's the idea that once your story is out there what you yeah. intended for it to mean doesn't really matter anymore sure. or like it, it does but not mm. in the way that people will take it how they like and they will interpret it how they like and that's kind of what happens so so i think um i think for me what uh dawn of the dead and i haven't watched that one as many times it's not it's not my you know it's it's in my top three in the trilogy let's put it that way so it's not the one i i go to but for me what that represents is a a kind of fear of just going through life in a mind as a mindless automaton the character simon Pegg, who plays the main character is oh, it's quite an old film so he's young in it and he's he's not very good with his girlfriend he doesn't really know how to build a relationship he's got a rubbishy job that no one that respects him um and it's just um it's just kind yeah. of i think the fear of growing up well, and just that's it now humdrum mm-hmm. for the rest of my life which as, is what a zombie is really. <laughs> yeah. As we said with the fears of the day, I think that very much was Yeah. and still is, but especially at that point, if you look at the dialogue at the time and the conversations happening among like society, there was a lot of fear of quote unquote the rat race. And you don't really hear that as yeah. a term spoken very much anymore. But at that point in time I think quote unquote the rat race was of big concern. And I would wager to say that um uh, Fight Club was probably picked up and made into a film at similar time as yeah. this film because it's very different approaches, but I would say very similar kind of messages of like, I mean, they literally say things about like living that humdrum life, like go 
do this, do that, buy your IKEA furniture. You know, we've reviewed Mm -hmm. that one previously. Uh, I think this is another approach at critiquing that approach to life that we were at that point in time very in. (laughs) And I think Uh, we do live in a very different way now than we did in the early 2000s. And our approach to life is different. Yeah, it's almost like if, you know, then the zombie movies come and go over the years and the next mm-hmm. wave will be interesting what what it's kind of representing mm-hmm. yeah in children of the dead you even get a funny moment where you you know you you're kind of invested in these characters uh, that you know um and then they meet these other characters who are essentially the same sorts of people and it's like they're all going through the same yeah uh process over yeah. and over again and it, it kind of yeah you, you individuality really feel that is that's gone right. it's it's that joke of like we're all you know it's a bit of a joke isn't it we live in an individualist society where we all think we're so special and unique but we're all doing the exact same things living the exact same life and i think that's what the film is about exactly um so yeah um, and the other thing to mention about this is um i mean the science fiction zombies um in many respects are very similar but they tend to have technology in them as well so i i recently put on a, a short podcast that i've started to put on as as sort of bonus episodes on wednesday from my courts on film uh series which um i looked at the borg the star trek borg and for mm. me the star trek borg are zombies you know this is basically what they are they have the same gates they walk at the same slow pace they Mm. uh, they have no individual existence they are all part of this hive mind it's hard to know what's going on um it's hard to know what their motivations are i think i think the borg and other similar sci-fi creations are essentially modern day zombies and i i liken the borg i liken it so many of uh my fellow ex-jehovah's witnesses and Mem- former members of other cults and other high control groups liken Jehovah's Witnesses and those other groups to the Borg because mm. you are um, you're kind of robbed of your individuality in many respects or at least it's suppressed in a lot of ways um, and you have to follow the same do the same things you know you go to the meetings you go on the ministry you study for the watchtower you do this you do that you carry on doing this you do that and it's the same thing over and over again so if you feel like in the world it's it's repeat 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 um as a member of a cult i think it's even more so and you have even more limited access to your own individuality and your own desires and wants so in some respects you could describe you know shawn of the dead as a kind of cult movie because that's really what cults do they they create these autom 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 automatons <laughs> um, i didn't know what word you were going for until the end then <laughs> i actually i actually just malfunctioned them for a moment yeah. and, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was like what might you be uh, going for yeah. just sitting in awe what's he doing <laughs> um yeah. yeah so um so yeah i mean you could you can i did think about making this literally just about that as a metaphor but mm-hmm. i think that would have been too difficult to keep going for a long long enough but mm. yeah i think it's a very interesting one it is yeah. um it is a good way of thinking about the way that 
uh, unfortunately, people appear when they are members of these groups. Mm. And obviously, I don't want to belittle or um, make light of the experience. I know what, how painful that is and how difficult it is. But in some respects, you know, you do look at it with the same confusion, fear, um, a frustration, I suppose, that these are people that you knew before. And that's the other thing. When somebody becomes a member of a cult, then you observe them going from the person that you knew and loved um, into this other person that you mm. can't really recognize that that doesn't behave in the way that your your family used to there's a, a scene in Shaun of the Dead where his mum becomes a zombie and his stepdad becomes a zombie at different times and you see that there you know this is somebody that he loves that cares about him um and then all of a sudden they're not that anymore they're somebody different mm-hmm. so i think there is a quite a strong metaphor there that that is is relevant to our particular discussion really mm. um okay on that downer note let's let's pick it up again and um talk about the final of the trilogies which is the world's end so this is the one that you went to see you yes. all just going to see this at the pictures yeah um yeah so how do we describe that um well is this your favorite now or is it hot fuzz still sorry well i think this is this is a close second um, you like it a lot don't you? i love the world's end yeah i really do mm. partly because it's i think it it's about a group of men around my age actually a bit younger than me now uh, but over the years obviously i've grown older that's what happens Lee. Mm. um and um <laughs> yeah they're in their 40s in this and they've kind of They've grown up, there. and the other thing is, it's it's uh, set in a town very much like the one that I grew up in and I still live in. Really, a kind of new town um, developed for mm-hmm. uh, new developments, and so it's kind of got lots of roundabouts and um, newish buildings that have seen better days. They've been around 20, 30 years, and they've seen better days. Yeah, I remember days. someone bringing up the new roundabouts. Uh, all the roundabouts thing. And I was like, that's just a normal yeah. amount of roundabouts, isn't it? No, apparently not. <laughs> no, that's right. So it's it's got that kind of feel to it. And they, these um, there's the main character again is the Simon Pegg character. He uh, he wants to do this thing that he did as a as a youngster, sort of 16, 17 Pub year old. Pub crawl, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing no, outside of England. Need to explain that. <laughs> it's just terrible, really, isn't it? A pub crawl where you get a pint at every pub that you decide yeah. how many on the way and you walk to a pub after pub after pub. Um England is a place of many pubs yeah. and you will get rat arsed if you wish. <laughs> I mean this does reflect the drinking culture in the UK. Um, there is a big a drinking culture. Good way. Yeah. yeah. There's a big drinking culture. I don't know where we stand with it now. Like I don't know if um we're on the yeah decline compared to again that point in time um i don't know i don't know well it's an interesting question um we might we might come to that i mean what we do what we do know from the film gary king who's the simon Pegg character he's the kind of main character we we know that he's actually an alcoholic so we find that out through the so in some respects it feels like it's glorifying this drinking culture on the one hand but actually what we learn about him is that he's in a terrible state. But at the, at the early part of the film, he just seems like this guy that wants to get his old friends together 
and have a crack at this. You can definitely tell he's a bit desperate, though, can't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he wants Smacks to get his friends... of the desperate. <laughs> he wants to get his friends together to do this golden mile, which is a mile um, from one pub to another, uh, 12 pubs, 12 pints, um, and actually do it. Because when he tried to do it as a youngster with these friends... They, they didn't make it. They Fell couldn't, off they couldn't slowly, make yeah. it. I think there's yeah. meant to be 12, isn't there, or something like that. Yeah. Which is a lot of pints. It's a lot of pints. Um, and as they're going through this, the other thing about it is the music. Uh, the music is just brilliant. All taken from mm. the, you know, the Britpop era and just so many great tunes. It's just fantastic. I think you bought me the soundtrack, didn't you? Yeah, we did, yeah. Back in Christmas. the days when you did that. <laughs> when you bought CDs. I know. What about Wild, that? Wild, isn't it? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of the story. It's this setup is that they're going on this pub crawl. They're trying to recapture their youth. Actually, nobody really wants to do it apart from Gary King. He's got all these other friends together who He's have actually made a success of their lives. Mm. Yeah, these are the guys who have made a success of their lives. They've in different ways, but he hasn't. And all he wants to do is recapture his youth. So it's about that. Um, halfway, well, after two or three of, the and then pubs, it just goes rogue. It takes a left turn <laughs> into madness um, when it becomes uh, well. Another zombie-like film, exactly. So these are very similar films um, in some respects. They explore the same thing. This time, though, it's uh, robots who um, are taking over the town. Basically, yeah, these they've are replaced all, people. Robots are replacing people. Um, they're basically trying to make everywhere much more organized, much more civilized. Um, and we learn at the end of the film that this is part of a, a, a galactic initiative to to try and bring planets into this universal mm-hmm. kind of network. It's like ominous Star Trek. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of the Federation, but yeah. But um, doing it wrong. They really yeah. forgot the prime directive. Drop the it ball is. on that. Exactly, but it's it's much um, it's much more a kind of corporate feel to it. So the idea is that yeah. there's this parallel thing going on where they call it starbucking in the film. I don't know if that's used anywhere else in the world. Yeah, they do. They they refer yeah. starbucking is also in. I'm sure that's in um, Fight Club. I'm sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Again, this is definitely exploring the same. It is. Same this is stuff. these local pubs that had their own character now have been taken over by they're all just spoons they 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 wear the spoons (laughs) yeah if you don't that's such a another english phrase but there's a particular chain of pubs called weather spoons and they're all the same they all look they've all got this particular wooden furniture with particular like um upholstery and and there's no music (laughs) and it's cheap pints and microwave burgers. <laughs> yeah. So this, um, this, this, these pubs he goes, they go they're into. All the same. All Every the same. one is the same. <laughs> the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they all and do the same pints. That's right. Um, so there's that, obviously, and um, that's kind of the parallel with the fact that actually this, this race of uh, of 
aliens, this network, is trying to do the same to the Earth. Essentially, it's trying mm-hmm. to make everybody the same and organised and well-behaved and so on. Um, but they're finding it difficult with Earth because <laughs> humans are just not playing ball. So they keep having to replace more and more of these people. So during the evening, they start to realise that basically, apart from a few... I told you not to ask me that. A few people, they've all been replaced by these well they call them blanks in the end they're trying to make up their mind what's called them i love it's the the things that make it funny is the weird little side jokes is like there's a guy that's always drinking out of a silly straw and the reason is because he doesn't want to get like knocked out or whatever they they get your dna from the glass so he he drinks drinks from a silly straw straw. because he could just use any straw but the fact that it's a silly straw is like all finesse So again, there's just lovely moments in it. You know, there's real friendship. There's um, there's there's great pathos and um, as well as comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Rosamund Pike's in it. So, oh my God, you've got to watch it because Rosamund Pike. Is She's in always it. good, isn't she? <laughs> She's always brilliant, and she you know plays a very different character to the one that you may have seen. She's just a very normal girl in this. Really, she's just a. You know what uh, was wild? Very, what? Watching Gone Girl and then watching. Um, oh, what yeah. is it? She's in, she's in one of those like it's not Pride and Prejudice. I don't think. Oh no, it is. She's in the Pride and Prejudice. Oh, she's she? like yeah, she's the eldest sister. And I was uh, like, she's playing the nice, nice lady, yes. like the very sweet, gentle, nice girl. And I was like, who's <laughs> for the audio listeners out there? Everyone. Um, I just pulled a shocked face because yeah, after you watch someone be so good in Gone Girl, you can't unsee it can you another Which, film we we, yeah. we would recommend we must to review. our listeners yeah yeah, yeah. Back, um, but yeah back to what we're actually doing actually, sorry. actually what we're doing yeah so um so yeah there's uh, this this happens over the night and it becomes obvious that that the town is being taken over by these uh these robots mm. um the the sort of end of the film is again this it is dialogue. I mean, but it's done in a funny way, an interesting way. But it is dialogue between this, these aliens, this network, and Gary King, and Andy Knightley, uh, Nick Frost character, and the Paddy Considine character who's in this again. Um, and they're just basically saying, like, you know, you, we don't want to be controlled by this network. We want to do our own thing. We want to be what we want to be. Um, do what we want to do. do. Want to party and have a good time, um, mm. and that's kind of that's kind of it. And and even even at the uh, the threat of the world literally ending, because the final pub is called the World's End, but literally the world may end at this point. They still want to have their independence. Um, so again, you know, it's it's the same question. It's about. Do you want to live your own life and do you want to make your own decisions or do you want to be a zombie? Do you want to be a blank? Do you want to be um, a, 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 a robot? <laughs> yeah. And that, for me, it is this same question. And I think it is really resonant for people who have left a call, you know? You mm. you've have this real feeling of you want to be an individual. You want to make mistakes even. You want to be able to review your life and think, yeah, do you know what? I I I made a mistake there and I've learned from it and I've I've found a better way of doing it. Being in a cult doesn't allow you to do any of that. You are like a robot. You are like a a zombie. 
you're you are like a cult member who is just doing what they're mm. supposed to be doing. So yeah, it's I think it is kind of relevant. There's something about these films that resonate with me, mm. partly because it's they're funny and they are very culturally relevant, but they they also say something deeper. Weirdly. I feel that feels strong. I don't know what to follow it up from, really. Because, <laughs> like, you're just saying all I these like nodded off then. No, you're just saying all these like very like good like interesting points. It's very strong, like hard yeah. hitting. And in my head, it's just like zombie, zombie, because <laughs> that's been in my head this whole time now. Yeah, you know? I did. I did wonder whether to mention that song. Um, do, do, do. I can't remember. Yeah, let's not let's not sing on the podcast. <laughs> what about last Christmas when we put up us actually singing? Well, yes, that's a bit different, isn't it? We yeah. actually did a performance. High quality. Yeah. Um, no, so it's, it's all very good points, and I mean, I think it's it's all it's nice to make it's nice for it to be funny, isn't it? You know, for for the ex culties out there, um, we, we've been talk- I think we talked about this. I don't know if it's just in our Patreon chat where we meet up and chat with the patrons, but we're saying how sometimes a lot of the resources can be kind of like heavy and quite serious. And it kind of, I guess, you know, sometimes it needs to be and like it's trying to kind of scoop you up and be like, here's the world, welcome. Like, you know, and here's the things you need to know. But sometimes it's nice to just like laugh at something and, and and not be the heavy all the time yeah um i agree with that and and i also it's 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 quite a delicate balance and i am aware of it sometimes because i know that everybody's experience is different and some have had the sorts of experiences i, I couldn't even begin to imagine that the horrific nature of it some of the people that we've interviewed um and also books that i read and i'm reading now about some of some people's experiences um they are horrific so i'm always a bit careful not well very careful not to not to make it seem like i'm making light of things but as a as an ex member of a group as an ex jehovah's witness there were things that were genuinely funny there are things that are genuinely funny about these groups you know there's terrible things but there's also a sort of ironic strangeness to them that you just cannot you cannot do otherwise than than laugh about it i mean we we did speak to jake vaughan um earlier this year i think on the podcast altworldly uh one of the youtubers talks about xjw stuff um and we talked about some of those funny things there um and it is just funny you know it's it's a weird thing that you're doing you're you're knocking on people's door talking about religion trying to get them to come to the meeting and then Mm -hmm. the people at the meeting are kind of weird you know most of them are kind of okay but so yeah the 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 things that you're doing are sort of weird and odd and um, I think there is a there is a a role for laughter uh, looking back and just smiling at some of the things you did um as well as obviously the regrets and all of that, but so I like I like to be able to introduce a bit of humour into these yeah. uh, these sessions from time to time, and of course we'll get into heavy stuff again. Yeah, uh, we've got some really interesting guests coming up, some mm-hmm. of some of whom are you know really serious stories to tell. But yeah, mm-hmm. 
But thank you for the grace. <laughs> thank you for letting us uh, talk about our favourite films, um, or at least mm-hmm. my favourite films. Mm-hmm. And um, Add it to yeah. the stack of to be watched. So, you know, there's quite a yeah. few now. I think the one where I sounded the you know the film interview where that I'm um, most happy with because I sound clever is um, is the Midsummer one. So if you want to hear me f- being up there using that degree, that fifty grand of degree, <laughs> then go check that one out. Yeah, yeah. money well yeah. spent. Um, yeah. Just before we go, um, I just want to mention about the cycling challenge. I'm gonna. Mention this every now and again. I don't, I don't want to bore anybody with it. Have you mentioned it yet? This is the first time. I don't know. I think I have. I think maybe I have. Maybe I, I haven't. I don't think you have. I think you need to launch into it in a bit more of an exciting way because I don't think you've mentioned it before. Do we need some music? Yeah. Yeah. Bring in a song. Which song will you bring in? Are we bringing it back? The old song you Ooh. said you'd find a way to use it. Yeah, we could bring that back for the theme of the cycling challenge. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing the Land's End to John O'Groats cycle challenge next year, 2023, in September. That's the plan anyway. I've, I've put my deposit down, so I've committed. And I'm also telling everybody, mainly to try and get my backside off the settee, off the sofa, and um, get on my bike. And I'm th- <laughs> my, my, um, my belief is that if I make it really difficult for me to back out of it by telling everybody that I'm more likely to do it. So Land's mm. End is, is seen as the south, most southerly part of the UK. John O'Groats is, is the most northerly. I mean, technically it's not quite, but it pretty much is. And the idea is to cycle from one end of the country to the other. It's about a thousand miles. Um, I'm going to do it in 12 days with an organised event. Um that breakdown? Yeah, it's, it's going to be anywhere between sort of 70 and 90 miles a day some 100 miles a day so it's a really tough challenge and i'm quite scared of it um but i am gonna I try and do it. do it i think you yeah. can because you know what thomas was saying apparently you're at your um you're at the peak right now as a man stamina. apparently this stamina. and strength apparently yeah Apparently, yeah. So this is the time. This is your time. This is, the, this is my moment. Yeah, this <laughs> is your moment. Goes. Apparently, this is when men peak strength. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Get ready. So I'm I've started training already. Um, I'm talking about it on the exclusive podcast for our patrons called Reflections that I do every week now. Um, so I'm going to keep um, doing that, but I will also update uh, everybody on the podcast. Um, the other thing I will mention: I am going to set up a Just Giving page and I'm going to be donating the money to the Family Survival Trust, which is the charity that uh, Alexandra Stein, former guest of ours and author of the wonderful book Terror, Love and Brainwashing, um, I'm going to be raising money for that charity that she's involved with. Um, So more about that later. I've contacted them, and they are also going to very generously... um, let us interview one of their team to talk about the Family Survival Trust. So these are a, this is a charity that helps people, basically, who have come out of courts. So it's a very, very relevant charity to us, I think. So I'll be setting that up. Um, I mean, it's possible I'll have done it by the time this podcast comes out, but I can't promise it. 
But I'm going to set that page up, and so that's the place to go. Whenever that does go live, yeah. you'll a post it on the Twitter. So make sure you're I following will. Dad's personal like Twitter, which is Steve or Sheep, and go to Court Hackers as well because Mez will be following both. Because yeah, you should. Um, and um, obviously, just check the show notes because I think we'll until it's happened, well, just keep there. putting it in there. Yeah yeah cool. yeah so that's the kind of exciting news bit scary i am i am nervous about it uh to be honest because i am very overweight and it's going to require a lot of work but um yeah that's the it's good to have a goal plan. though isn't it it is yeah yeah my plans to get strong at some point which means joining the gym but i've got this uh, holiday coming up first i want to get strong i want to lift things <laughs> <laughs> I want I want people to to be impressed by my strength, oh, lifting ability. Okay, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us more about that. Um, maybe As when I get you, into when the lifting world, yeah. doing the lifting. Yeah. All right. Well, um, right. I suppose all that remains to say then is is thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, a bit of a different episode this one we're um, not too different we have done stuff like this before you know what we to have expect. i know um don't forget to likey the thing and subscribe the thing and uh leaving a review is absolutely wonderful we've had some new reviews mm-hmm. which um are so exciting maybe next time we'll read some of them out nice uh, thank you very much for for listening and see you next time bye, bye. Cult Hackers is an Evil Sheep production.